Welcome to the Get Over Yourself podcast. This is Brad Kearns. When we can go back in time, look at what the masters were trying to solve, and then apply that thinking to our modern sensibilities, we can take quantum leaps forward. Confuse exercise science measurement with fitness and versus saying, what is it the human being should be able to do? Can you do that? What is your practice to maintain that? Here's a quick thank you to our sponsors. They make this show possible and the tremendous production behind it online and in audio. Thank you, wildideabuffalo.com. Grass-fed, locally raised, on the Great Plains for the last 130,000 years. Quit eating that junk food feedlot cattle and get some quality meat into your life. And thank you, DNAFit.com. Cutting-edge genetic testing, delivering customized diet and exercise recommendations for your peak performance. Use the discount code GOY30. Get over yourself. Integro Probiotics make this fabulous liquid probiotic high potency. It's called Flourish, so your microbiome can flourish. Gut health is everything. Get started. Visit EntegroHealth.com and Tribali Foods. Pre-made, creatively flavored hamburger and chicken patties. When you're in a rush, drop one down, fry it up. It's delicious. T-R-I-B-A-L-I. And Almost Heaven. That's the name of my sauna. These are beautiful home-use saunas made of real wood, shipped to your door, easy to assemble, and then you are rocking. That's right, I'm going from chest freezer cold therapy into the hot barrel sauna. Check them out at almostheaven.com. And the Primal Blueprint online multimedia educational courses to go primal, go keto, get a stand-up desk going, master the challenge of endurance training, Go to bradkearns.com and click on the links to learn more about these courses. If you're sick of my voice on the podcast, you can now get sick of my face, too, on the videos. And ancestral supplements. This is grass-fed liver, organ meats, and bone marrow delivered in a convenient gelatin capsule. Don't stress about cooking liver anymore. Just pop some pills or throw capsules into a smoothie every day like me. And now on to our show... Hi, listeners. I'm overjoyed to introduce you to one of the coolest dudes on the planet, Dr. Kelly Starrett. This guy is an absolute revolutionary in the world of fitness, specializing in mobility, injury prevention, rehabilitation, flexibility, competency, learning to use the body correctly in all manner of daily activity and athletic and fitness performance. Oh my gosh, if you haven't heard of him, if you're not into the CrossFit or the fitness scene, this guy is an absolute legend rock star in the CrossFit community. You can look for him on YouTube and see his mobility wad workouts and techniques where he first gained a lot of prominence by filming a uh, mobility workout of the day. That's a play on the CrossFit wad workout of the day where they put a workout up every single day for the various followers of CrossFit to try to emulate in the gym. So he has a mobility exerciser drill that you can find hundreds of them on the Mobility Wad website. And these are things about how to heal your tennis elbow or your plantar fasciitis or get better functioning from your shoulders or your knees 
squeeze your joints and learn how to squat properly, to lift a weight properly. It goes on and on. So he comes from the world of physical therapy, but he's applied those insights into the absolute cutting edge of athletic training. He works with the United States military on deployment. He sent them out a bunch of chest freezers because he's big into cold therapy and hot therapy. He's into everything, man. He got his children's elementary school to completely convert over to a stand-up desk environment. Oh my gosh. So he's into the kids thing. He's got a charity. He's written books like Becoming a Supple Leopard and Ready to Run. These are absolute Bibles for people in the fitness scene trying to stay injury-free, healthy, and perform correctly. And what's interesting is the guy's been around. He's all over YouTube and all over the podcast circuit. So if you search on other podcasts for Kelly Starrett, you will find extensive content on his main themes and talking points mobility, flexibility, injury prevention, rehab, proper functional use of the body, all that great stuff. So enjoy and dig into that commentary. Look up the book, Becoming a Supple Leopard. It's an absolute beast, uh, an encyclopedia of how to use the body correctly and how to heal from injuries and fatigue and breakdown that we're so commonly seeing in the fitness scene at all levels, not just elite athletes. He works with elite professional athletes, Olympic athletes in many sports, NFL teams. You can see him on the football field on Monday Night Football, helping guys get their elbow unjammed so they can play in the second half. What a privilege to sit down with this guy. But what's fun and interesting, especially because the Get Over Yourself podcast wants to take things a little deeper and different than the other 27 shows that you can find on the podcast network with him, is that, wow, we were talking about some heavy, trippy stuff, man going off into the ideas about motivation and creating a healthy winning environment so that you can set yourself up to succeed rather than succumb to all the unhealthy influences of modern life, like the addiction to digital technology and the convenience and ease in which we can go through our days sitting in comfortable chairs and never engaging the muscles and joints and body in the manner that it's meant to be. So this was a beautiful add-on show to the great volume of work that Kelly Starrett has already done. I'm not sure we're going to get the full extent and appreciation of his humor, but this guy is the funniest mofo I've ever seen present a live seminar. We had him out to Primal Con retreats in Oxnard, and I'm the MC, the host of the weekend, uh, introducing and working with all these different presenters and different classes that we offer throughout the day. And I'm pretty good at carrying people if they're a little shy or they can't get right into the groove right away. So I kind of play off people and tee them up and make the presenter feel comfortable. And I'd never met this dude before, but when I introduced him, oh my gosh, he had command of the group in about four seconds. I'm like, hey, let's introduce this guy from San Francisco CrossFit, Kelly Starrett. This is years ago, maybe before he blew up completely to the broader audience. And uh, I turned it over to him. He grabbed the mic and he says, hey, everybody, come here for a sec. Come in, come in here. And the guy was absolutely captivating from start to finish. He had everyone cracking up in stitches, in tears, laughing while dispensing this critical advice that people had never heard before, even deep, deep fitness enthusiasts like myself. All this stuff just blew my mind because it was so new and novel and breakthrough and so valuable. 
Oh man, I remember when I had my uh, severe tennis elbow caused by too much golf several years ago, and I was off for about two months. I could not swing the club. I was so frustrated, and I was doing my therapy and my ultrasound and my icing, and I was having a conversation with him about something else over the phone. I said, hey man, do you have any tips for tennis elbow? This thing's really not responding to anything, and it's so frustrating. I got big speed golf tournaments coming up. I need to heal. Here's what he said on the phone. Bash the shit out of your forearm, mobilize thoracic spine, and voodoo floss the elbow. You'll be better in a couple weeks. Goodbye. (laughs) So I had to go look up on YouTube, voodoo floss elbow. Trip out when you see that video. But if you have a joint injury or a nagging pain of any kind, you will heal it with Kelly's approach. And sure enough, in a couple weeks of bashing the shit out of my forearm, mobilizing my thoracic spine, what the hell's that have to do with tennis elbow? Everything, it turns out. And then doing this magnificent voodoo floss treatment on the injured elbow, I came out of it, started to feel better, and hitting beautiful shots and going on with my life. What an honor and a privilege to sit down with the very busy dynamic K-Star for a wonderful conversation. Please enjoy the heck out of it over and over. In San Francisco CrossFit, you can hear the people working out in the background. What a great day. Kelly Starrett. And with that, we push play. You don't like the word recover? Kelly Starrett doesn't like the word recover? Well, you recover from injury. Right. You recover from alcoholism. Right. right. Recover well, from <laughs> you recover failed from, business. You recover from visiting your bankruptcy. In-law, your in-laws. Right. But recovery sort of, for me, represents reclaiming where I was. And I do, th- I, probably most of us do just recover. But the goal, wait for it, is adaptation. So why do you do exercise? Exercise makes you weak. It does. I can test this. Let's go do some pull-ups. And then we'll do some wait a minute and see if you can do this many pull-ups. And you can't. And over the course of the day, we're going to get fewer and fewer pull-ups. It's the adaptation to the pull-up stimulus. It's the adaptation to the stress. And that's really the fundamental idea. How am I adapting to these stressors that I'm putting in my body? Do I even have space in my life and behaviors to manage that adaptation? So I'm actually getting, like you and I are both eating the apple, but I get 99% of the apple. You only get a bite of the apple. That's not the same thing. And no wonder those athletes who train smartly but can adapt more effectively to the training stimulus get more work done over and over and over. And, and you magnify that out. And, and here's, here's the other piece that we've got to just ra- get people to, to wrap their heads around. This is such a long race. I mean, we, you need – this is an experiment on your own self that's going to go for decades. So quit it. Quit playing this short game. It's bullshit. What about if you're a pro? Even more. And the problem is we may make short-term compromises, decisions to solve a problem because we're racing tomorrow or we've got something to do, right? Or shoot, you know, i got to do this race and then turn around. And, you know, you do the Tour de France and you turn around and you race right away, right? Like there's some things, short game decisions. But all the best, it's all about long-term development. And it, it's, you have to be patient. I was just reading this book by, uh, I think the name is Brissinger, Martin Brissinger, I could be pronouncing his name wrong. I apologize, but it's about t- it's um, twelve interviews with master coaches from like Harry Mara, Dan Fath, um, uh, Pat Carroll, who was Evelyn Ashford's coach. Just like masters. Evelyn and- Ashford was pretty good. She ran a ten point seven six with Dude. no drugs before drugs. She could be the fastest female in the history of the planet. Female, a clean female. And you, she didn't have Title Nine. 
she was one of the only women, and no one was coaching. Well, she no kicked everybody, all the boys' ass anyway. She didn't need no Title Nine. She made it to the state finals. Yeah, people don't running. know how, how amazing she was. One of yeah. her workouts, I was just loving this. Pat Carroll, her, her brilliant coach, basically was like, you know, looking at things differently. For example, you, what, what we should be, this will open up a bigger conversation. We have got to do a better job of looking through what our masters have been doing for years and their movement practices so we can understand their thinking. Because we have different techniques. We have better full, like, so um, Half Thor um, is the, he's the mountain on Game of Thrones, right? Uh, he, he is a world. I believe you. But he's huge, uh, incredible athlete. Um, he recently uh, set a world record in strongman. And he's in one the strongman. He's an incredible athlete. Oh, in real life? Yeah. Brian Shaw is incredible, right? Um, all these guys, uh, Eddie Hall, um, they're all savages. And But I think a couple of years ago, Half Thor walked this mast. He It's like a 3,000-pound mast or something ridiculous. And he wa- he set a world record with it. And it's a, it's a thousand-year-old standard. So a thousand years ago, a Viking step, walked three steps with this mast on his back. Half Thor walked four steps. So you can say, well, that was 25% increase. Or you can say, with all of modern technology, all of the nutrition, all of the advantages, he got one more step in there. So I think people have been rad, incredible, for as long as there have been people. Yeah. And that means that, it's, you know, I really believe that if we go back into our movement solutions and movement traditions, we can really pick out these gems and... What's important, we're going to lose, we're at a place right now where we're going to lose a generation of coaches who are in their 70s and 80s, who are masters, 60s and 70s and 80s. And they're just, they're retiring. They didn't get up on the internet. We don't have all their stuff. No, seriously. For real. Right, we don't. And so we're going to lose all of this embodied knowledge and experience. Evelyn Ashford used to do this, her coach, Pat Carroll, would make her do this workout. And it was, uh, she would run the hundreds on the track in the grass, barefoot. Barefoot, like... Imagine how, you know, with a heresy today, right? She would walk the turns, run the hundred, sprint the hundred, walk the turns, 10 kilometers. Every, every time she did four in a row, she was able to walk a hundred, right? So what you're seeing was they would do 10K of these hundred meter repeats of like 11, 12 second sprints. And so they would do 10Ks of that. The work volume alone is insane. And when we can go back in time, look at what the masters were trying to solve and then apply that thinking to our modern sensibilities, we can take quantum leaps forward. And that's where you really begin to see what we talked about in the beginning is, hey, this is the long game. And you, you know, my current favorite books right now are uh, Sapiens, Yuval Mm -hmm. Harari, and then his follow-up book, Homo Deus. And like, dude, Mm -hmm. you're going to be 100 years old. You are. And so you're 30 or 40, you're not living like you're going to be another 60 years here. And you're making really crappy decisions. And, you know, from your, the way you're managing your stress to we really got to play this longer game. And that means that we can put skill back into being humans. And, and what's interesting right now is the, in physio and, and sort of this reaction to the information coming in, we see the pushback is, hey, there's no science that shows that that's better. Or that's going to cause injury or disease, right? Yeah, but Evelyn Ashford did it, right? So there's the science. Well, you know, she ran a ten seventy six. What did What did Dan Faf say once? He's he's like one of my senseis. He um, he's a famous track coach. Yes. Worked with a lot of Olympic track and field jumpers and things. I would say he is maybe the most successful coach in the history of track and field. 
in terms of metals. P-F-A-F-F. Check yeah. the dude out. He, uh, he's incredible. And, um, you know, he says, hey, I'm a serial empiricist, anecdotal empiricist, which is a fancy word for saying I test my theories one at a time for decades. <laughs> and so the N is not, it's an N of one times thousands. And that's how we know. We test and retest. And that's the heart of this thing. And I think at the heart of this sort of quantified self where people are becoming more interested in their nutrition and they're like, hey, should I be keto? Should I play? Like we have all this information. We can start to experiment. Do I look better naked? How is my energy? I get a blood test and it turns out, wow, my triglycerides are a shit show. Maybe that's not for me, right? It's maybe for my friend. It's working great. But for me, it doesn't work for my physiology. So test retest is totally okay. But now – you know, we've got to, we've got to do a better job of saying, "Hey, look, we make these decisions because they unlock potential. They give us increased capacity. Not we do this because we're afraid of getting injured. Human beings are not fragile. They are. We are garbage dumps of like we can eat anything and pretty much go win. That's true. Well, Usain Bolt, Chicken McNuggets. There are there are strategies that allow us to win longer, and maybe you can feel on Chicken McNuggets if you run eleven seconds." An under, but you can't feel on Chicken McNuggets if you're going to do a 100-mile race. Or Some of those guys do it too, but I think your point about the long game is important because we see many of the greatest team sport athletes have the longest careers, and those are maybe correlated because of their training methods, Jerry Rice, things like that. Jerry Rice was a great receiver. If he had a four-year career, he would go down as one of the great receivers, but it happens that he had a 20-year career. Maybe those things went hand-in-hand with his approach. Yeah, and um, what, what we tend to say is, again, let's make decisions based on increasing capacity. You know, I'm, I make a decision about how much caffeine I should have based on the fact that... And how much I should have before right. the show. <laughs> None. I said, Kelly, this is my third cup of coffee in my life. The first two were at Big George Land in Lake Tahoe. And I slapped it out of your hand. And he made me a peppermint tea, which is delicious. Thank you. I just don't want you to die on okay. the show. It's really Or, or shake, yeah. Or sweat. That's right. Sympathetic sweats. Oh, I did that with Peter Tia. I came back from Mexico. We're doing a great show. We're like three minutes away from the finish line, and I start sweating and collapsed on his couch from, you know, Mexican illness. Got me. Yeah, so here I feel great. Thanks Good. for the peppermint You're, tea. I, I got you. I got you. Yeah, you so, got, my, got my back. You know, we're in an exciting time because I think, you know, the dissemination of, of bits of information, but it is complicated, and it's confusing. And what's really interesting is that the people who I am gravitating to the most are the most reasonable. Imagine that. You know, it's that, hey, there are many roads that lead to Rome. And the real question is, what it, what, what's your goal? What's your outcome? One is that we can say, hey, look, you're going to be around a long time, so let's make decisions based on that, right? But also, you know, it's okay to change your body composition. You want to be really strong? Put 10 pounds on. You're, oh, you're going to go backpacking this summer? Take 10 pounds off, you know? Play with your nutrition. Hey, I'm going to do a grand Fondo ride. What's that? What's my nutrition look like? How do I feel for that? What's that? You know, I mean, like we should be experimenting and playing all the time. I think there's some notion that we're in some should be in some perfect set of stasis. Mm. You know that right. I, everything is dialed I do, perfectly. What should my weekly routine look like? Oh my god, I well, don't know. I'm like, do you have kids? Because that's yeah. out. <laughs> you know I mean? do, do, are you going to travel to New life? York? Are yeah. you going to go to New York for business? Well, then it's out. Right. Right. It's all bullshit. Yeah. And I think, um, but what we haven't done is given people principles. We've given them technical solutions. You know, just track this more. programs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Programming. And and I think that you know, um, right now my wife uh, is battling the middle school. She just found out they were selling 
Um, and we've been battling our middle school for a long time. We love the middle school. Our principal, my daughter took on the dress code last year and got it changed, which is all right. Daughter. It's like, it's one of the, you know, my seventh grader was like, Hey, you know, I think this, this dress code is misogynist and sexist and poorly applied. And, and this is, she's That's maybe go on her ma- little resume for college. Maybe the 50th like, distinctions in your community. Yeah. I took on my school's bullshit dress code. Well, right. Well, girls couldn't wear like Lululemon tights. Even though their moms were dropping them off a little times, right? <laughs> Boys, you know, they were, like it was just it was bad. And uh, but George was not only, but he and here's the magic because I said, George, it's not going to be enough for you to go stand in front of all that the teachers and the board, and the, the board of supervisors and the superintendent. You, you can't just say this is wrong. You've got to propose solutions. Secondly, you have to wear your Lululemon tights to that meeting. <laughs> that's right. Right. And I said, look, you need to, you know, what's the solution? And I think that's the follow-up conversation here, right? So the solution is, she's like, well, here's a style guide I made. So not only do I think this is, this is poor, but this is better. And here's the style guide, and then let's discuss it, right? And so she had these discussion questions. And the par- like, she basically boxed people in where they were like, okay, you're reasonable. You're right. We'll change this. And that's what we need to do. And it was Buckminster Fuller who's like, hey, look, it's not enough to go in and just rail against the system and say everyone else is wrong. You've got to propose a better model if you want to make the other model obsolete. And I think that means that you have to consummate this conversation. You can't just be like, there, that's all. Those people are crap. Don't anything. I'm the best. You have to you know, really say, here's how this model works. Here's how we can improve. Right? Here's so that you give people these, this, the follow-along option. I think that's, that's this crucial thing that we're missing. Politicians, if you're listening... Take note. You can't well, just rail. Can't just criticize and slam. We got to propose a solution. Well, I think you know. Really, what we're I think we're all you know. Many roads lead to Rome. I don't, look, you can have styles, and but you know, principles are principles. So you know, my back to middle school. You know, Juliet. Juliet finds out that uh, my wife, who's a ninja in so many ways, um, finds out that they're selling Izzy, which is a soda. Right? It's a sparkling it's, natural you know, soda, but it's yeah, a soda. Yeah. But it comes in like a Red Bull can. Right, Izzy. Yeah, yeah. It's they sell it at Costco. Is yeah, that's right. And uh, Julia's like, I mean, you're selling soda at break at middle school. Like, do you know what the research is about obesity and you know, like, so you know, what we're seeing is once you give people the rationale again, propose options. Here's things that we can sell. Here are here's why principally this doesn't work very well. Then you can really empower people to make a better decision, and it's their decision. You know, so until we give people better information and rationale and principle-based thinking, then it's going to be I just hop around from from gimmick to gimmick to gimmick to gimmick, and I don't make any progress. And then I get really frustrated. You know, so there has been definitely a tide change. I mean, we've known each other almost a decade, and there has been a tide change about loci of control shifting back to the person, like mm-hmm. from concierge medicine to your personal genetics to being, I mean, think about how radical your thinking was a decade ago and how pedestrian it is now. Oh yeah. I shouldn't eat carbohydrates and maybe I should get off the gluten a little bit and drink less alcohol. Yeah, and, you, my, and people are like, you can have my bagel when you pry from my cold, dead, puffy hands. Yeah, yeah. And, oh, my, my first talk was to a group of physicians in the Bay Area when the Primal Blueprint book came out. And they, you know, had me out there at lunch break. So everybody was eating and texting. And I'm like, so this fat is not really that bad. It's actually good to be the centerpiece of your diet and you shouldn't have whole grains. Oh, I was, just, you know, I was getting booed up there. And I just talked to Dr. Ron Sinha working in Silicon Valley. Um, you know, he was fighting this battle for 10 years. And now finally, 
people can nod their head and realize that it's not just LDL and taking a statin and then you're good to go. It's a bigger picture. And yeah, it's, we've come a long way. I still feel like we're, we're dealing with, you know, let's say a, a cultural uh, a pocket of 15% of the people that are aware of the importance of fitness and activity and eating healthy. And then uh, the rest of us are addicted to tech and watching a lot of Netflix and could give a crap, especially the people selling Izzy at the middle school and doing the bake sales. I well, mean, I think they just they know, just need to make raise money for the field trip to go eat cotton right. candy at the well, <laughs> at the state park or whatever. So you bring up really the good point, and that is um, Costco muffins are really cake. We should stop calling them muffins, right? And um, but more importantly, people are a product <laughs> of a system. People come from somewhere, and one of the things that I'm always trying to help when we see programs that are not as efficient, I'm like, well, that coach learned that from someone, mm-hmm. and and now. They don't know what they don't know. And I think we have to look at, well, who taught you how to eat? Who taught that person? And so what's really happened is that we're fundamentally, we're in, we have a mismatch between organism and environment. And I think this is a really easy way to think about it. So, you know, if you look, I mean, talk to the old osteopaths and they're like, naturopaths are like, don't eat anything that's not, that's white. Don't eat anything that doesn't rot. And you're like, dude, that's like a hundred years old and pretty solid advice, right? You get off the white rice, you get off the white flour, you don't eat sugar. And if it doesn't rot, it's not a food, right? And this is old. So, you know, but what we have to remember is that people are coming from somewhere. And what we have to think of is, um, the world has suddenly radically 180'd underneath a slowly degree at a time. So when you put a ship on the horizon and knock at the front of the boat one degree, it doesn't seem like much. Run that thing 300 miles, 400 miles, and it's a lot of change. Where's so, Hawaii? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> right. Fiji. Yeah. Oh, mate, I we know. made it to Fiji right. instead of Hawaii. So the key here is, um, you know, all of a sudden we have technology, phones, we have Netflix. We have easy calories. We work all the time. We have LED lights. We commute. And all of a sudden, I don't think it's anyone's fault. I think all of a sudden we found ourselves in this position. And then, if, God forbid, you find yourself in a food desert. Your parents were a product of McDonald's. It's, so, you know, you don't know. And mm. what we're seeing is that people, this is a normal expression of the system. And this sounds terrible because I am a Carl Rogers believer, like unconditional positive regard. Tomorrow you can reinvent yourself. Like there's, it's never too late for anyone, but we are going to be so slow. The glacial pace is already breakneck. It takes time, right? You guys have been beating this drum about, about just, hey, be reasonable longer than anyone else has. In my, and, you know, um, you know, protein power life plan aside, right? I mean, you know, that um, we are going to capture people, but we may lose a generation. That's what I feel like. And that's because it's, it's, we're going to get them the information and the abilities too late because they can't hear it. You know, Jamie Oliver went to West Virginia and was like, hey, you can't eat pizza for breakfast. And they were like, what are you talking about? You know, like my, you know, like, and he was like, you're, you're mad. And, and did it in a way where people, you know, didn't respect the fact that, wow, it's really like, they hadn't heard that before. And I think when you put this all into context, which is one of the problems with the phone and the internet doesn't give us context and you can't, I, I, it's easy for me to be like, this is bullshit. I saw your Instagram post and you, you know, like it's a snapshot, you know, a long time ago, we really made a commitment not to comment on anyone's position or mechanics on the internet because you don't know what's going on. 
So you're like, oh, look at that crappy position. But I'm like, dude, did that, that guy person have a back injury? Mm. You know, were they? Did they wear combat boots for 20 years? You know, are they? Like, are they? Did they just get off an air? Like, you don't know. So don't. If until you have the context, mm -hmm. like, don't criticize. And I think that's really important is to put the context back in. You know, we now are into the sixth year of our kids at an all-standing school. So mm. my daughter in the fifth grade has never sat at a desk. And when we started that conversation, people were like, this is crazy. We'll do it. Now yeah. it is just like whatever. You know, like every, wow. every you know, it's, it's not even a thing. So, you know, he, first and foremost, there are clearly principles that allow the human being to function the way a human being does. And it's confusing because the engineering is really robust. Yes, you can walk, you can run like a jerk, slam your heel to the ground, collapse your, I mean, you can run like that for a long time and then all one day you can't. And you're like, I don't understand. I've been doing it the whole way, right? Uh, you can eat terribly for a long time. You can six pack still. You can smoke cigarettes and eat a little chocolate donut and win a gold medal. I have friends who do that, right? And um, comma, then one day you can't or your physiology. <laughs> so it's important that we run the experiment and think, hey, this is an open experiment. And I can't definitively say you can't do that until you die. <laughs> because I'm worried now that we're all going to be 100 but the quality of our lives between 65 and 100 is not what, what's possible. That's what we need to be thinking of. We're already seeing that. Yeah. We're seeing the life extended by all kinds of mechanical, medical means, but the quality of life sucks. Yeah, and I think the quality of life begins to, um, it begins to get smaller. The allegory is, you know, I'm a physical therapist, and I worked in hospitals a lot. Mm. And the, the irony, as an aside, and this isn't funny, but I spent more time in the... <laughs> Inside of like high level, uh, given what I do for a living now, I was the in my school. I spent more time in the ICU and in inpatient settings than anyone else. Why? Just the luck of the draw. Oh, like, they okay. were like, "Oh, Kelly, yeah. you're going back to cardiac rehab," and I'm like, uh -huh. "Okay, here we go." You know, yeah. I, I spent more time not doing what I'm doing, and I'm so grateful. But towards the end of life, your your world gets small. You you're in a, your house, and then you're in a hospital. And then your window gets smaller and then you're in the ICU and literally you don't walk out. You don't leave this room. Mm. And that's literally the same thing, the sort of loss of capacity and the, the, for all of us, Hey, I no, I don't jump. I don't run. I can't get up and down off the ground. The number one reason we end up in nursing homes in the United States is we can't get up off the ground. Whew. Number one in co countries that toilet on the ground, sleep on the ground, Fall rates in the elderly drops to zero. They don't fall. Why? Because they get up and down off the ground all the time. So you're like, hmm, that Turkish getup, that makes sense now, right? Hey, I want to tell you about Schwank Grills. This is a revolutionary portable gas infrared grill that uses the exact same heating technology as the world's best steakhouses. You heat up to 1500 degrees Fahrenheit to grill the juiciest steak you've ever tasted in as little as three minutes. Can you believe it? That's right. You do not have to go to those crowded, noisy, super overpriced steakhouses anymore when you have the same technology in your backyard. And the Schwank portable infrared grill is not just for steak. You can make chicken wings, Wings, hamburgers, seafood, lobster, vegetables. I make salmon in three minutes. They even have a pizza stone accessory. I want you to visit their very informative and mouth-watering website at schwankgrills.com. That's S-C-H-W-A-N-K. Everything you cook, faster, juicier. The speed is so important, so convenient. Uh, there's a drip tray on the bottom, so 
you let the juices drip down. I love the bison burger, the venison burgers. That's my game. And then you can add a mixture of butter, spices, whatever you want into the tray. Pour it back onto your meat or your salmon for a huge improvement in flavor. Are you getting hungry? I am. <laughs> Let's go to schwankgrills.com, S-C-H-W-A-N-K, grills.com, and up your home cooking game. This is a one-of-a-kind grill. I have a great discount code for you, of course. It's BRAD150 to save $150 off your purchase of a Schwank grill. Greetings, my fitness-minded listeners. I want to acquaint you with the Primal Fitness Expert Certification Program, the most comprehensive home study multimedia fitness education course in the world. If you want to enhance your personal knowledge of all aspects of leading a healthy, active, fit lifestyle, this total immersion course will be life-changing. I'm the lead instructor and author of the course, and we have 14 chapters of extensive written content with over 100 accompanying videos covering topics such as general everyday movement, including micro-workouts and dynamic workstation tips, the full experience of gym-based strength training and all the different modalities, a complete presentation on all aspects of sprinting, both running and low-impact options, an assortment of high-intensity interval training and high-intensity repeat training strategies, a detailed education on the principles and practical application of aerobic endurance training, and extensive commentary, the most you will find in any publication, on all aspects and symptoms of overtraining and burnout. We even have fascinating peripheral topics like integrating nasal diaphragmatic breathing, dynamic stretching, injury prevention, and developing a peak performance mindset. It's really something, this course. We went all out for over two years with a great team to develop this amazing home-based fitness education for you. And you get one-on-one expert email support and private Facebook group connection throughout your studies to ensure that you absorb everything optimally and you pass your series of exams and get certified. So go to primalhealthcoach.com slash Brad to enjoy a very special limited time. And I'm not kidding. This is a big time discount just for you. 25% off your tuition. A fantastic premium offer at Primal Health coach.com slash Brad for the most comprehensive fitness course you can ever find. You suddenly start to see that hip disease, lumbar disease sort of goes away if we move more, right? If we have this context of moving more, if we, if we are using ourselves more. And the idea is the breadcrumbs are there. As I said, the Russians say you're as old as your feet. So tell me your feet are dynamic and rad. You know, I'm like, we do this thing called like the barefoot mile. And uh, we just walk around our neighborhood barefoot in the evening, mile. And, and it freaks people out. Like, you're out your shoes. You're on concrete. We're like, yeah, I know the feet. They're red. It's cold. It's foggy. <laughs> and, uh, um, you know, what's interesting, I, 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 someone quoted me in there. I was like, look, if you're an elite runner and you can't run a mile barefoot, you should look at this. And people were like, whoa, hey. Uh, and I was like, really? Like, you... I didn't say you have to run fast, but you're so afraid. Your feet are so weak and fragile. Like you basically have like glass greyhound feet and you can't go, you know, walk around barefoot. Like oh, you, you have to take track your shoe mileage so you get a new one after 300. Otherwise, you'll get injured. So the Chinese say you're old as your spine. And so uh-huh. suddenly you're like, well, interesting. Go to a Qigong class, go to a Tai Chi class, and you're going to see a lot of rad shit. 
And you're going to see that it wasn't about exercise, it was about movement. So what we can begin to say is, okay, if we know we just need to keep moving until we're 100, that's important. Sorry, we're in our gym. That's what you can hear in the background. But the second These thing is- people are moving, folks. They are, they are moving. moving. The, the second thing is, you know, it doesn't have to be vigorous. You just have to keep moving. So we can, we can be agnostic about how you want to get to your movement practice, but suddenly you understand yoga through a different light. You understand Pilates through a different light. You understand Tai Chi through a different light. And what I think is what we've confused for a lot of reasons and innocuous and innocent reasons, we've confused exercise science measurement. I put you on a treadmill, I put you on a bike, I can hook a bag of gas to you and measure with fitness and versus saying, what is it that human beings should be able to do? Can you do that? What is your practice to maintain that? And, you know, taking 10,000 steps in a day, that's not heroic. That's the minimum therapeutic dose. So you don't get walking rickets. You know what I mean? That's the goal. That's so a, that's an assumption right there that we, we, we're starting at 10,000. Cause if you're not, you're you have, have an extreme problem. And then we're going to try to figure out some good things to lay on top of that. Well, and that, so what we need to do then is again, help people not have to make yet another decision. <laughs> we need to create an decision fatigue, create an environment where you do the right thing automatically. Mm. Right. So, Stand up desk at the school. Or about just moving more. You know, how how do I create an environment that allows the human being to be a human being? And that's simple. And and then you can then we can become super fancy about well, how many fistfuls of vegetables do you need to eat? You know, vegan or veg? Dude, I'm like, let's go for first principles first. Doesn't rot. Well, and how about this? I'm like, you know. one of our favorites is a woman named Kate Shanahan, mm-hmm. Dayton Matrician. And she is a brilliant physician. But one of my favorite things, she's like, you should be cooking all your meat on the bone. And you should be eating offal, right? Which are organs and, and bone marrow and bone broth. And you're like, why is that so important? I talked to my friend, Gray Cook, physical therapist extraordinaire. And he's like, do you think our first meal to our children was like rice and bananas? Or do you think it was bone broth? And you're like, oh, yeah, it was probably the, the broth from the soup and the bones. And look at what, how people are eating now. I'm like, oh, you're an elite athlete. That's because you're eating a sashimi chicken breast, broccoli. And, like, and I'm like, dude, dude, you're poor. Like you're not eating 60 kinds of vegetables today. There's no connective tissue in that. And so now we're having to add collagen back to everything mm. because there's an, adip- there's, there's an error in the way we're being. So when, when you start to view this, and I'm not trying to have some romantic view of the cavemen, right? But I am saying that there are certain principles guiding human beings. And you can really start to bucket that down into you should move more, and then you should work to move better while you're moving. You should sleep. You've got to eat food. You've got to be in nurturing tribal relationships. You've got to have a community of people. If you're an adult, you should have sex regularly, right? You can suddenly make these simple things. I belong. I feel safe. And then, man, the sky's the limit, you know? But what we're doing is we're just getting so sophisticated. I'm I'm tracking all the bullshit. You know, I'm like, oh, that that sleep app told you you slept like crap, but you didn't need to know that because you drank a bottle of wine to, to come down or you got high or... You know, you're a stress case. And I just think we have, we've asked people to do so much more and we've confused it. If you open my Instagram, you're really confused about what people should be doing. You know, it's really confusing. And I think I'm deep in the trenches here trying to help people see the truth. And what, what's happening is I think we've gotten so complicated and nuanced that we've lost principles. 
This is Kelly Starrett talking, folks. Dude, and it's... I mean, if you're saying we've gotten too complicated... Get over yourself. Yeah, it's, t- it's time to get over ourselves. This show is sponsored by Izzy and Costco Muffins. <laughs> Chocolate Great Costco sugar muffins. for you. Yeah, I'm I'm digging this because I'm I'm feeling overwhelmed myself yeah. with technology. I you know I'm, I'm 53, so I've had like half of my adult life with almost nothing, and then the other half with this crazy escalation of of technology. And look at my kids, 20 and 18, where their lives have been all about technology since they were little, and you know we're missing that element that. Uh, people of my age can reference about our childhood where we rode our bikes around the San Fernando Valley and exercised. And then we went and ate sugar, but at least we, you know, burned the calories to go get the sugar. And now it's like, you know, the video gaming age where the, the food is delivered to the door. Well, and, and, oh my goodness. And hang on. I mean, I, I literally am like, I would be the first person to abuse Snapchat if I was 17. You know what I mean? A, Potential I would Potential abuser. I would have sent so many sexy texts to my girlfriends at three in the morning. Like I, I would have slept Why not? Been, I, and I yeah. don't need to sleep. Look at me. I'm rad. I'm 17. Right. Like, it doesn't matter. Right. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Yeah. And, uh, we, we always, we love this analogy. Do you remember the MSR camping stove? It was called the international. It was this, the you, green thing. It, you could put any fuel. It would burn white gas. <laughs> it would burn diesel. It was like, that was what they, there was like an international stove. Like oh. you could take. So one time we were like, let's burn diesel. Like this is rad. And we put diesel in there, and we lit it up, pressurized it, and it created the biggest toxic black smoke. And was we're cooking our ramen, and the jet, the fuel jet, clogged in like 18 seconds. So you you take it apart, you clean the jet, you put it back in, turn it back on, black smoke, heat, yeah, yeah, we're at, clogs. And we did that like 10 times. We're like, maybe you shouldn't burn diesel, even though it can burn diesel. Mm. And that has become a powerful idea. All these analogies are drawing back <laughs> to the, the health and fitness scene, huh? So I think, you know, um, we all would have used the tech wrong if mm. we were given it. And if I was presented with Subway sandwiches and chicken nuggets and, and sugary drinks, guess what I was? I mean, do you, I mean, I would have killed when I, I mean, we'd go on, we'd go on uh, field trips to school. And I would be able to get a Coke. That was such a big deal. And I would wrap it in tinfoil. And mm. like three times a year, I would have a sugar soda on, you know, on this. And like that was my gen- three times a year. And so, I, you know, here's the deal. It's, again, it's not anyone's fault. Uh, we, got, we got to get over that and get over to say, hey, you know, I see that you're doing it. You know, there, we have found that there are better ways. And then once it's a choice and not a habit or, you know, bumping, then, then that's fine. And I'm like, dude, you know, um, Mark said something once at one of the early Primal Cons. He was like, sometimes I put a little sugar in my coffee. And everyone was like, like they're Shh, the, don't tell anybody. the believers were there and they were like, oh, and he's like, it's amazing. And there's no other sugar <laughs> in his life, you know? Yeah. And, uh, but people were like, he's like, it's so good. And it makes my coffee so good, but it's a teaspoon of sugar, you know? And so stop, stop freaking out all or nothing. Cause what we, I think all of it is also a symptom of that. We, it's easy to be in this lazy tribalism. I'm keto. I am a CrossFitter. I am an Olympic lifter. I'm an endurance athlete, right? And you just you just adopt the tribe. And dude, I, I've done that a billion times my whole life. It's easy to be in this tribe, mm-hmm. all or nothing. That's for them. Instead of what are the principles? What's the outcome? It's going to require a lot of conversations. A lot of roads lead to Rome. They're all correct. Some of them are just longer, right? Mm-hmm. Some of them cost a little bit more, you know. <laughs> but um, what we're interested in is we used to say when around movement quality, because that's really my expertise, is I'm like, look, you have to come out unharmed at one rep order a million reps. 
right? And and you think a million, but dude, it's 90, 90 revolutions per minute on the bike. And if your knee is turned, your foot is turned out because you're in, you know, some crappy pedal and your knee is coming in, that's 90 evolutions, revolutions a minute where your knee is in a terrible force producing position, which causes more compensation. So now I can also say the same thing around some of these other decisions. Hey, you know, you can do that for a while, but you're going to have to get on it if you plan on coming out unharmed. And again, we need to, we don't know what all of this is going to do to our, you know, I've been saying, how many, how many phone numbers have you memorized lately? I'm going to quote Albert Einstein here and say, Albert Einstein said, I don't even know my own phone number because I don't need to. I can easily look it up in the phone book. <laughs> Good. Right? Yeah. I can read it in a phone book. Uh, yeah. do, do, can you pull out my phone book? Yeah. But, yeah. you know, so we, you know, there are some things that have made us us that we're not doing. And how about and I, the GPS, man? I mean, I used to ride my bike all over the place. I rode my bike to, to town here from Auburn and, uh, you know, across the state of California with maps that I didn't really feel like reaching and getting. So I, I relied on sense and I, you know, had the feel for it and I'd sense the best way to get through town that seemed like the fewest traffic. And now, like, my sense of direction is severely compromised because I love using the GPS. I, I know that I'm worse than I used to be. That's interesting. I think we can apply that experience to so many aspects, right? The GPS is a miracle. Like my wife knows when I'm in the Uber, what time I'm getting home. And it's like, you know, it's so great, but we have to be conscious. He, Kelly can't drive. That's why he takes Uber <laughs> right, home from that's work. Right, that's right. We have to be conscious. Two, two more years left on your probation. Then, it's, then it's, we'll be, be fine. Back. Yeah. Well, apparently that, uh, the, 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 the brake pedal gets caught on the thing around my ankle. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, um, but we we are conscious of that. So, with my daughter, we make her navigate. Where am oh, I? That's What's great. the name of that street? Before she's driving. Yeah. Well, and you know, because that's you know, navigation's great. Oh yeah. You know, but but there are some of these fundamentals. And um, yeah, I, speaking of middle school, I was I was driving a, a, a gang of kids home, and the kid didn't know his address. Eighth grade. Not his fault. Not her fault. That, yeah, that's right. That's, a, that's a, an expression or a, a perfect expression of that system. And so what ends up happening is I think I've taken this, begun to take this real dispassionate, you know, I have, obviously have deep feelings about this, but, you know, I'm like, hey, you know, inputs, outputs. In the, and in the middle, is some complexity there. And where I spend a lot of time thinking is in complexity theory and how do we simplify, how do we get back to informed simplicity where we're making simple decisions. And my the one that I use all the time, man, if there are cookies in my house, I'll eat cookies. If there are no cookies in the house, I don't eat cookies. Mm. You know, sometimes like I need a snack and like I'm like, well, you know, I process milk really well. So I have a glass of milk and some protein before I go to bed. And I'm like, wow, that was not five cookies. You know, mm. if there's a pint of ice cream, no one is safe in my house until that ice cream is gone. You know, and I will, I'll crush it. And I like... And so, you know, I think what I, what I really know is that I protect myself. So I purposely leave my phone other places. Mm-hmm. We have a no phone in bedrooms policy at our mm-hmm. house. Why? Because the phone's in your bedroom. You're going to turn it on. Mm-hmm. And instead of having to make a choice, my fo- all phones are in the kitchen. So I think when you start to apply that thinking writ large, you know, like I'm not a fan of meal prep. I'm like, good for you you can meal prep, right? It just doesn't, doesn't work for us. It's not our thing. But I understand the truth of that because if you bring what you're supposed to eat, you end up making better decisions. And that's really powerful because you are constrained to eat what you have brought. 
instead of, oh my gosh, I'm just going to graze my way through the ch- shitty options available to me. So suddenly I'm like, okay, meal prep makes a lot of sense, doesn't it, right? So what we need to get back to is first principles. And when we begin to do that, this isn't about survival. This is about better capacity. Like you sleep better. You look better naked. You run better. Whatever you care about turns to turns on and gets better. And I think that's what's really incredible about reclaiming our indigenous, you know, native capacities and potential as a physical, wildly successful, radical physical animal. Like we are Alex Honnold free soloed El Cap. Huh. Right? Four thousand feet. Dude. Free soloed. No ropes. No like, people. No helpers. Our friend Jimmy Chin made that made the movie and uh that is the single greatest athletic feat in my generation. And um, I'm telling you, that's just one, one example of how rad. We are rad. We are really incredible. And I, we've somehow boxed ourselves into some notion that we are fragile. Your back is made of glass. You're going to explode. Like, you need cushy shoes. Yeah, yeah, and you're not. You're, you're really not. So um, I, I, the problem is I don't think most of us really get to feel what it's like to be really tired and really alert Really clear, five-hour energy, five times a day. <laughs> There's know? another sponsor. Getting tons of show sponsors. You know, so yeah. I think we've got to do, um, we've got to help people. And and for us, I think, unfortunately, this has got to start earlier. We've got to have these conversations in middle school. We've got to have these conversations in elementary school. We've got to teach kids how to cook. You know, if, the, if your school is lucky enough to have a garden, that's a great first start. You know, kids are connected to what they grew, and they don't mind eating a squash or grapes because they grew it. So... Apply that thinking, and then mm-hmm. it's okay if we have to go a little bit slower. Like I said, the glacial pace is what I'm – if there's one thing that I've learned as I've gotten older, I'm 45 now, is that my impatience serves no one and that I have to be a lot more patient with progress and process and that this glacial pace that we're moving is actually really remarkable. It takes that long. And wow, this guy's you're, you're I'm growing uh, up. You're, you're growing up. No, I know. I mean, I think your impatience maybe served the world because you fought this hard battle to communicate the proper way to move, the proper a better way to way, rehab, a more efficient way. You told the endurance athletes a few years ago. You remember this that you quoted here during our interviews. You said 15 minutes of every workout hour should be devoted to flexibility, mobility. And so endurance athletes, the world, the world across, who now have to absorb this and go, oh, crap. So if I do an hour run, that means I can only run 45 minutes. Well, we say yeah. session, like a training session. You, right. The point is... But I mean, people feel like, oh, I have an, an hour for lunch, so I go to the pool, jump in, swim 3,000, get back to the office with dripping wet hair, wolf down my lunch at my desk, rather than some other alternative, which is less stressful. Well... One hundred percent, and I, you know, <laughs> my favorite error I make. This is my favorite one for myself. Is that I literally deadlift as heavy as I can, high volume, heavy dead, about every really? ten days, and then Joe's like, "We gotta go. We're late to pick up the kids." And I jump in the car. I literally put the bar down. I don't even walk, wash the chalk off my hands, and I sit in the car for thirty minutes. And weird, when I get out, I'm like crippled. <laughs> I'm like, uh-huh. I feel. Juliet, I got, I got the cancer. I got the deadlift cancer in this car. I got the, the black lung, Papa. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. You know, and um, the, 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 the itis. And, um, you know, what we have to do then is think, well, okay, this is the only time I can train. How do I manage adaptation? Okay, so I come back to my desk. 
And I'm like, well, if I'm not sitting, but I'm moving, I'm continuing to decongest and flush, right? Mm. If mm. I can throw on a pair of compression socks after this run, mm. if I can, you know, eat vegetables or, you know what I mean? Like there, there's ways that we can mitigate that. But what we've got to do is um, simplify the system. And right now what we have is basically what's called a kluge, K-L-U-G-E. And a kluge is a, is a software term where you have, a, an L, you have a piece of software that solves a certain problem, right? It does its thing. And then you pretty much you bootstrap and integrate all these other pieces of software. And you don't have an integrated system. You have like, like, you know, like a hand stuck to a face, right? You have this leg that's next to your heart. It solves the problem. It's inelegant. It's not efficient, but it works. But you can't change the system unless you dump the whole system. And that's what's happening right now. Okay, I'm a CrossFitter, and then I'm keto, and then I try to keep adding these things on here. And what I have is this really inelegant unyieldy, unwieldy system. Okay. Now I went to this, I'm a coach. I go to PRI. I go to Laird Hamilton. I go to something and I add this new skill, right? And no, oh, and it's this supplement. And then I, and pretty soon you're like, what is the through message here? How do I measure progress? You know, and that was the kluge problem is a real problem for businesses. And anyone who out there has like a, an integrated like system management, this is why everyone's gone to the cloud like with Salesforce, Salesforce is the biggest company in the world. This, this this podcast brought to you by Salesforce and Izzy is that it allows us to have someone else manage the kluge for us, right? But that kluge concept is how most of us are living our physical lives is that we just, I heard this, I saw this, I do this fad. It doesn't stick. It doesn't work very well. I don't see how it integrates through. And we don't have a simplified principle-based program. And what I think is happening is that we have a lot of tech now that's showing us the errors or the inefficiency, heart rate variability, sleep density tracking, you know, any CNS readiness. But what we find is that people are searching for more efficiency and what they're doing is adding additional complexity. <laughs> and what we want to help people do is actually like, do you get home? You've done everything. Your kids are asleep and you can just chill. When did that happen? Like when, mm. you know, we don't, uh, you shouldn't be racing to check boxes. Mm. We should be able to integrate some of these practices. So breathing is something that we're very obsessed with lately, mm -hmm. last few years. It's changed our lives and really our thinking of what's possible. But I don't have time to do a formal 20-minute <laughs> breathing practice, so I have figured out ways to integrate it into my warm-up and in between mm. my interval sets. My wife and I walk our kids to school. This morning, Juliet had jumped on a plane. I walk my daughter the kilometer and a half to school and on the way back I did all my breath holding dynamic apnea drills on the kilometer and a half went back I mean literally like almost blacking out in my neighbor's yard walking back at least you're not in the cold tub <laughs> right. yeah. which is not a great place yeah. to black out and, um, and that's a way that I'm trying to integrate to make it more efficient right so that when later on when I have my window of opportunity to kick some butt it's not like I have to do these 15 things I'm sort of in a better ready state to take advantage of the fact that I am a working modern human, we have two businesses, I have two kids, yeah. I have 47 employees, I, you know what I mean? Like I also like to train and I want to have friends yeah. and, and watch TV once in a while, you know? And so, you know, what I want to help people do is get their time back and we make these errors around our daily cycle that really interrupt that. And here's an example. I don't sleep very well, so I have lots of coffee in the morning. I'm mm. not saying me because I mm. sleep like I'm right. a 12-year-old child. 
But then, and I'm really lagging, and I kill myself at my cycle class, and then I have a coffee at 4.30, right? And an energy bar. And an energy bar. And uh, what ends up happening then is um, that gets me to 9 o'clock, but then I don't feel like I can fall asleep, so I have two glasses of wine or margarita, right? And what ends up happening then is that uh, my sleep quality, because the caffeine and the alcohol... It's greatly diminished. Uh, you you knock yourself just to be clear. You knock yourself out because you have with to. these substances. You, you're knocked out, but you're interfering with the proper cycles of sleep. So, the sleeping pills fall in that category too. Yeah, and Ambien and Adderall are two of the dirtiest secrets in professional sports ay, ay, ay. and in the military. And so you can substitute Ambien and Adderall for caffeine and alcohol or caffeine and THC. And what we're seeing is that, once again, you know, we, we have some really high-level executive friends in our neighborhood who are superstars. And you know, we were talking with them. One of our friends is like, hey, I'm having a hard time losing weight. And we're like, okay, well, tell us about that. You know? and, you know, and, was, and, and we eventually were like, well, tell, you know, how do you manage? Because I'm super stressed at work. Well, how do you manage the stress? Well, I drink two bottles of wine at night before I go to bed. That really seems to help. <laughs> you know, I'm like, comma, yeah. you don't sleep. And then you wake up in the morning, and guess what? You're fatigued again. And so what we, we like to look at behaviors. An easy way of stripping this down is we look at behaviors as these are net positive behaviors. Sleeping is a net CNS positive behavior. Good nutrition is a net positive behavior. Exercise is a stressor. Mm. You don't think of it that way, right? You've got to exercise. No, no, no. Non-exercise activity is a non-stressor. Exercise and training is a stressor. So Non-exercise activity is a non-stressor, such as walking your daughter to school. Perfect. But a workout, a CrossFit session for all the benefits cycle. still counts Power as a lifting. stressor. It's a stressor. Group fitness class. Push, rewind. Let's hear that again for 30 seconds because that's a big one that everyone so forgets. We're looking at, the goal here is to move, be active, be more active. And there are a lot of ways you do that. And we're agnostic. Moving mm. more, taking 10,000 steps, it's just a metric to say, hey, did you move enough? And at the granular level, there's a concept called mechanotransduction, which means that at the cellular level, which is as granular as we can get in the human being, it takes mechanical stress for the cell to express itself correctly. So if I want a collagen cell to express collagen, this fibroblast to work in my Achilles, if I don't use my Achilles, it doesn't become an Achilles. If I don't load my discs, they don't act like discs. So if I'm sitting all the time in a flex chair more than six hours a day, which is most of us, then look at what's happening in the way we're loading our spines. We're not loading the spines. So how can the disc act like a disc if it's not consistently repetitively loaded? Remember, I said go back to the beginning of our conversation. We'll go back. The deadlift, which is picking something over the ground, used to be called the health lift. <laughs> because they knew instead of dead it was dead it was the health <laughs> lift because they knew if you regularly practiced picking heavy things up off the ground you'd have a spine that was really robust and now what's happened is we have a spine that isn't a spine because it's not loaded every day consistently time and time it's become weak and downregulated Katie Bowman is one of my superstar friends and she has this analogy she uses in her book Move Your DNA called she looks she's like look at the orca fin mm. the fin in the orca it's proud and tall. You put it in captivity. It eventually becomes folded, right? They call it floppy. F- that's what we, I think the F word is hurtful. So we say folded fin, right? And oh. what ends up happening is you do two things. One is that you've taken the orca and you've fundamentally changed its behavior. 
So now it's spending more time at the surface, which it didn't used to do. That's us. We're just doing, we're in, suddenly our environment has changed underneath us. We Netflix more, we have to commute more, we work more on a computer. Secondarily, because that orca fin isn't loaded, because the orca isn't swimming, isn't hunting, isn't changing direction, isn't the fin collagen becomes weak. And then chain, put those two things together, and what you see is a downregulation of the human being. And this is why it's important because it takes a long time to turn bones over. It takes a long time to turn. So the best program you're doing is the one you're not doing, and the best program you're doing is not the one, the one you're not doing for the longest. So we, well, that's why we're so agnostic. Are you loading? Great. Now we can have the next conversation. But you have to have these inputs at the cellular level in order for your body to act like a body. You know, research that's like two months old basically came out that there was a hormone signaling from the long bones of the femur that if you load the long bones, it helps with your, how your brain thinks about fat usage and sugar usage, but it's loading through what the long bones. So the actual bone is a, is a hormone signaler. And if you don't load your femurs cause you're sitting on your butt all day long, guess what? Things start to get a little bit wonky. So, what you can suddenly realize is, oh, maybe human beings are designed to walk around. Hmm, interesting. It's that simple. And so it's like the iPhone. If you, <laughs> if you use your phone, I don't, you don't need to know how the whole thing interacts. You just need to know how to turn on, and that's how elegant the human being is. And when we come back to first principles, the body will find that homeostasis time and time again. How many times over the past decade has your organization, you guys, you make fundamental changes in the way people are eating and moving and it radically changes their lives. And what you're not doing, you're not, you're not giving them drugs and putting all those things on. What you're doing is taking out the roadblocks to the human being trying to come back to homeostasis. And that's really, I think, a testament to how robust we are as humans. Wow, you're proposing this solution. We're sort of backing into the solution here when you say taking out the roadblocks. And so when you say... You're taking your phones out of the bedroom. What a, what a novel uh, breakthrough concept. Or walking your kid to school. You don't have to walk your kid to school. You have a car, right? Well, you can't drive it, but Juliet can drive your kids to school. Theoretically, it seems like we can do everything now and everything's so easy and simple. And that's what technological progress is. And now we're talking from the evolutionary health space about our genetics and all these things that are in conflict with how humans are supposed to live. We put ourselves into modern world and now we have to take a few steps back. I love it. So take, you know, look at rather than load on more technology. That's why this is maybe one of the best podcasts to listen to out of the 4 million that are published every day because we're so focused on progress and what new thing we can do and what new workout, a new app, a new coach, a new program we can try, new diet, where if we take a few steps back and take our phones out of our room, walk our kids to school, Hey, Kelly, I, I want to be barefoot more. I think that's a good thing. Oh, be barefoot more. Take what, so, something off. So what, wow. so check this out. Just take your shoes off when you get home. Starting point. Yeah, just, for sure. just leave them at the door. Yeah. Like so many cultures do. Weird. Really? Did, so, do other cultures take naps too? Because I, I heard that to be true. Yeah, that's weird. That's what my grandparents used to do. I remember visiting my grandparents. My, grand, my, my grandparents were about 50 years old when I was born, which means they're exactly the same age as all my best friends right now, right? Who are 50. Imagine that. And when I would go visit them, they were like 54, 55. And I remember being like, man, my parents, my grandparents are rad. And they were rad. They were so young, rad, vital people. You know, Laird Hamilton is 55 years old, right? And I'm like, okay, so my grandpa was 55 when I was hanging out with him. My grandpa was Laird Hamilton, ergo. And um, 
you know, they took naps. Charging double overhead waves. <laughs> of course, of course, grandpa. And um, I think what's, um, you know, we, again, we should look back towards gr- breadcrumbs and say, well, you know, was all that necessary, you know? I mean, w- and it, sometimes there was a great study that came out that looked at why some kids in Norway were doing really great in school. Turns out they made them take their shoes off and they'd be in their socks. And just being barefoot made them in their socks, made the kids feel like they were at home and they were safe and they could feel the ground and like, oh, check, 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 whatever, whatever the mechanisms were. But just the, the simple solution was, hey, you know, our kids took their shoes off when they got to school. Um, and we're, we're coming back. I think people are paying attention. And if we, it's like those, uh, those collage photos where you can't see what it is, but you back up and pretty uh-huh. soon you're like, it's a sailboat, right? Mall rats. Um, I think that's, what, that, that's what we're starting. <laughs> if you don't get that's a movie reference where the guys were checking out the giant collage. That's right. That's right. Yeah, I think I mean, that's what we're starting to see now. We're starting to get enough pictures that we can be like, oh, okay, I see all of these things are important. In and of themselves, the, the granularity and the specificity of each any one of those things is less important. But as a whole, we begin to see what does it mean to be a human being in a modern world and you know, and then we can ask the next question, you know, are, is it dark when you sleep? And once you have set up or at least tried to improve today what you can control by simplifying the system and, you know, moving more and eating more vegetables or whatever it is that's important to you for today, you nail it. Tomorrow you'll control what you can control and don't worry about the rest. It doesn't have to be perfect because you're a human being. But if you do some things better today that are principle-based, moving more, and again, these simplified, informed simplicity models, what you're going to see then is it gets really simple. And, and you, you don't have to be fear toxicity and fear all the – and I, we really it, – it's an easy way to get people's attention, right? Do this, otherwise you're text neck and you'll explode. But I'm like, hey, you know, if you spend eight hours a day in that position, you can't take a breath and you can't, your swimming's going to suck and you can't put your arms over your head and – when you're 90 and you burst fracture and you're, you know, and you're T6 and you're like, I don't understand how it happened. I'm like, well, I do. You know, you've been practicing this moment for a long yeah. time. And I think, you know, that's what we want to do. We are clever enough that we should be able to go from cause to effect and effect back to cause. But our experimental timeline is much longer than any of us think. Hmm. You know, go to the, any football hall of fame induction and watch the players and the coaches shuffle up to the yeah, dais. It's really, it's really bad. And you're like, yeah. oh, 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 that really, wow, that that head trauma where you rattled your into pituitary and you stopped making growth hormone testosterone, and you had those bony osteophytes and you're stenotic and had fractures. Oh, that really cost something. And then we can be informed. But you know, you, you again, you you can't show me that your system is superior until one, it accounts for all the phenomenon you see, predicts what's going to happen, and you know, you can run that for decades and decades. And I think we've got enough experience and enough observational data from our movement traditions. You understand why martial arts is martial arts because the shoulder hasn't changed in 10,000 years, right? And now, hopefully, people can be like, oh, you know, it's okay. I'm like, I'm going to be okay. Today, I'm going to drink some water, <laughs> you know? Um, you know, I, I think uh, what really is the magic now is when we look at behavior change. And that's really the, the crux of what we're going to have to focus our brains on is how we get people to do what they know is better mm. by reconfiguring the environment so they don't have to make a better decision. Mm. Because they just can't. You can't. Look, you, know, you and I are sitting at a bar stool at a high table. You cannot maintain 
effective spinal shapes sitting where you can take a breath and your pelvic floor and your head's in good shape, right? We like where I'm talking about, you have good function. You just can't, but if you stand up, you don't have to think about it. Greetings, my fitness minded listeners. I want to acquaint you with the primal fitness expert certification program, the most comprehensive home study multimedia fitness education course in the world. If you want to enhance your personal knowledge of all aspects of leading a healthy, active, fit lifestyle, this total immersion course will be life-changing. I'm the lead instructor and author of the course, and we have 14 chapters of extensive written content with over 100 accompanying videos covering topics such as general everyday movement, including micro-workouts and dynamic workstation tips, the full experience of gym-based strength training and all the different modalities, a complete presentation on all aspects of sprinting, both running and low-impact options, an assortment of high-intensity interval training and high-intensity repeat training strategies, a detailed education on the principles and practical application of aerobic endurance training, and extensive commentary, the most you will find in any publication, on all aspects and symptoms of overtraining and burnout. We even have fascinating peripheral topics like integrating nasal diaphragmatic breathing, dynamic stretching, injury prevention, and developing a peak performance mindset. It's really something, this course. We went all out for over two years with a great team to develop this amazing home-based fitness education for you. And you get one-on-one expert email support and private Facebook group connection throughout your studies to ensure that you absorb everything optimally and you pass your series of exams and get certified. So go to primalhealthcoach.com slash Brad to enjoy a very special limited time. And I'm not kidding. This is a big time discount just for you. 25% off your tuition. A fantastic premium offer at primalhealthcoach.com slash Brad for the most comprehensive fitness course you can ever find. Hey, I want to tell you about Schwank Grills. This is a revolutionary portable gas infrared grill that uses the exact same heating technology as the world's best steakhouses. You heat up to 1,500 degrees Fahrenheit to grill the juiciest steak you've ever tasted in as little as three minutes. Can you believe it? That's right. You do not have to go to those crowded, noisy, super overpriced steakhouses anymore when you have the same technology in your backyard. And the Schwank portable infrared grill is not just for steak. You can make chicken wings wings, hamburgers, seafood, lobster, vegetables. I make salmon in three minutes. They even have a pizza stone accessory. I want you to visit their very informative and mouth-watering website at schwankgrills.com. That's S-C-H-W-A-N-K. Everything you cook, faster, juicier. The speed is so important, so convenient. Uh, There's a drip tray on the bottom, so you let the juices drip down. I love the bison burger, the venison burgers. That's my game. And then you can add a mixture of butter, spices, whatever you want into the tray. Pour it back onto your meat or your salmon for a huge improvement in flavor. Are you getting hungry? I am. <laughs> Let's go to schwankgrills.com, S-C-H-W-A-N-K, grills.com, and up your home cooking game. This is a one-of-a-kind grill. I have a great discount code for you, of course. It's BRAD150 to save $150 off your purchase of a Schwank grill.
So what we're, we're seeing here is, hey, I can conform the environment to get a better outcome. And that's, that's what we're, we're doing. Same thing, reason why I don't have cookies in my house. So this stuff is, um, there's, no, there's no gimmicks here. It's not really sellable. I don't see you building a business around this message. So I guess that's why we haven't really reflected on this. We've been too busy being bombarded with people selling the magic pill or the magic system. Well, I think, hi, Alex Gene. I think, um, you know, the thing is, we, your grandma was right, sit up. And if we connect the dots and we start earlier, you know, we have a lot of conversations with our kids about you know, why we walk to school and why my daughter rides and this is how we eat and they can cook. And we do all of those things and we just have to start earlier so that it's normative. And, and that's really the key is that when, when the environment looks like this all the time, you know, if you work, you see one of the youth soccer teams or youth volleyball teams or swim teams I work with, they all jump and land with their feet straight. I don't have to cue that because they've always jumped and landed with their feet straight and they walk and run with their feet straight. And that automatically protects those kids against ACL injury at a phenomenal rate. Why? Because early on, someone was like, this is how we move. We walk and jump and land with our feet straight. And, it, you know, I have a lot of good friends, Erwan LaCour, you know, our mutual friend, um, Greg Cook, um, that's, that have believed wholeheartedly that if you created a really good environment, all of these things will happen intuitively and intrinsically, right? Crawling, moving, hopping, landing, you'll do it intuitively, but that's not the environment we find ourselves. So we're having to do more formal movement training. An example, for example, this is a good example. If you do right across America, you do not race it on a Tour de France bike. You don't. You choose a bike that's much more upright because you cannot handle 3,000 miles in a race tuck, tuck. try position. <laughs> you can do it going down the other side of the Rockies, but the rest of those flat plains, we're going to need the, the drop bars and the. You're going to need a little bit more upright. Well, Paul Solon, our, our, our neighbor here in San Francisco, that, that won and set the record years ago, his neck muscles gave out. And so he had to get a, a fishing weight system hanging off the back of his helmet to pick his head up so he could finish the race. He was in the ER somewhere in like Missouri and they were going to admit him. And he's like, no, I got to finish this race. So they rigged up the weight system instead. Yeah. So if you paddle stand up for 10 hours, uh, your uh. body is going to look very different than it is if it races stand up for an hour. Oh, really? If you race stand up, you're going to hinge and snake and do whatever you want. Uh. Those positions do not, they're not sustainable. So if you look, for example, at our more people who are living a more, um, let's say, traditional, historic experience. They're working in the rice fields. Everyone's got their backs are flat. Yeah, Esther Go Clay. Yeah, pictures of right, uh, Native peoples and the developing her method. Yeah, is that those shapes transfer better to function? But if we only are exposed to challenging those shapes for one hour, thirty minutes, right? Go to my Zumba class and just move mm-hmm. around. Then you can see that we can get confused. Oh, oh this must be. It's okay but it doesn't transfer. And so what we really want to do again is choose shapes and behaviors that, that allow us to express ourselves if we were in a normal environment. So we, we went down the grand Canyon this summer. We've been waiting for Caroline to turn 10 so we could do a a finally raft the grand Canyon with our family and friends. And uh, we did 16 days on the river. I kayaked 14 days in a row. It was amazing, but I haven't camped 16 days in a long time in a row. And what I was shocked at is my wife and I were barefoot 90% of the time, unless we were hiking, right? Then we put on our, you know, our, cause it's some serious hiking in there. It's basically a hiking trip with some rafting and the rest of the time I was barefoot and the number of surfaces and uneven surfaces I walked on, my ankles did 
radical shit. And I was crossing over a lot and always walking. I would get up and down off the ground probably 30 times before my first cup of coffee, right? Because I'd poop and, you know, and get up off and sleep on the ground, pack my bag, squat, carry things. The amount of and diversity of my movement language by the time we pushed off every day, I was like, wow, like this is, a, and this is me, right? You know, I mean, I'm kind of like a nerd for this stuff, but even me, my diet, movement diet is greatly impoverished compared to if I... 16 days on the Grand Canyon. 16 days on the Grand Canyon. And I think that's what's really amazing is that I'm conscious of it. When I watch TV, I sit on the floor, right? We saw you you texting at the PrimalCon conference in the back of the room there, and you were in this squat position, the deep squat, ass to grass, ass to carpet in this case, for... You know, a half an hour. And don't you have people come in the gym and do the, the squat test where you just lower down into a deep squat and see how long you can hang and, until something gives out and then that's your weak spot? That's right. Well, you know, what's nice is that once we've, you know, created landmarks, uh, benchmarks for people. So if I ask anyone off the street, what's normal blood pressure? You know what they say? Oh, 120 over 80. I'm like, okay. So is that average or normal? Is that just, average? Just, is that what you're saying? Yeah, just average, yeah. right? That's not great. It's just. I mean, it's not normal. It, it could well, be. It's a benchmark of saying, "Hey, below this, right. maybe you're doing better, and above this, yeah. we, we, right?" But everyone knows that, yeah. right? Um, like, what's good resting? What's a decent resting heart rate? People are like sixty, right? They just know some. What's what's your temperature, right? Some people run a little hotter, but there are these benchmarks that we've told people that you should know this. What do you mean you can't squat down with your heels on the ground? We don't have that language when it comes to movement. And our, some of our good friends, again, I'll reference Greg Cook, he calls these movement vital signs. And what we have not mm-hmm. done in our culture is created movement vital signs. And once we do that, then, then we can begin to think, because we're humans and we, we have thumbs, and we can, we can fix those and improve those movement vital signs. Instead of worrying about, hey, that was really great. I know you did that like crap. Let's go faster. Right, which is our old model. Live by the, live by the clock, die by the clock, you know? Yeah, Again, like your faster. analogy Again, to the morning commute. You, you said endurance athletes, all they care about is time. And so the analogy is, hey, I, I made my fastest time ever on my morning commute. Now, I sideswiped several parked cars and I got a speeding ticket, ran a couple red lights, but I beat my time. Wasn't it Mark, uh, traffic Mark Allen? Mark Who, Allen. Mark yeah. Allen. Marcus Allen, I think, was a running back. Right. Mark Allen, yeah. um, incredible. And I think he was talking about how, you know, he ran a running race and the fastest runners looked like the end like they did at the beginning and he didn't and he was like oh my gosh like i'm actually a terrible runner and he had to work hard on maintaining his technique throughout the length of the race and if you look at the people who are the fastest runners right now at the end of the tape they look the same as the first hundred meters I mean, they're For so marathon marathon guys are explosive and flying off the ground, springing off the ground like a gazelle. Yeah. So I, I here he, again, we come back to, okay, well the, the insights are not that anything that's not that te- perfect technique is wrong. Just that, Hey, wow, this solid physiologic base technique, which ex- is the, how humans express themselves. Notice that the top 10 runners look the same when they run. They all do. They have different length femurs, their stride length's a little different, their torso, arm swing's a little different, but guess what? It is homogenous. It looks the same. Top 100 sprinters, tell me who's who. You can't, the technique is the same. So what's really interesting is that we definitely love to be like, we are all special snowflakes. Your femur is perfect, and it's a gift from your mother to you, and it's different, and you have different principles. If that was true, we couldn't teach anyone any technique. Mm. You know, 
Elephants run the same. Zebras run the same. You know, mm. ducks swim the same. And what you're seeing is the physiology gives us a lot of cues about what is good sustainable function. So now let's simplify it. Let's create better environments that encourage this because we don't have to nail it. We just have to be better at it. Anyway, that's all I'm thinking about. And so that's, for example, a CrossFit class or uh, a place where you learn a movement, martial arts. Well, how about a movement practice? So um, I was lecturing at Stanford Medical School and I was like, okay. How many of you guys have a movement practice? Isn't that outside of your bracelet range? That's right. Yeah, special <laughs> special pass. Uh, that's right. Hey, we want this guy to come Juliet, talk to Juliet us. was with me. And um, I actually have two bracelets on my ankles right now. Um, you know, uh, I was like, how many people have a movement practice? Every hand raised up. I'm like, oh, really? What's your movement practice? She's like, I'm a runner. I'm like, nope. You know, yeah, someone's next, like, please. Like, and someone's like, uh, I'm a swimmer. I'm like, nope. I'm a commuter. <laughs> and, and this girl finally was like, yoga. And I was like, hey, great. And then someone's Come like, on up to the front. Pilates. I'm like, nailed it. And someone's like, crossfit. I'm like, nailed it. And what you see is there are movement practices that ask us to express full range of motion in our joints, that ask us to develop the technique to control how our bodies move. And that can be a dynamic warm up. Guess what this is? Ready for it? Sun salutation. Mm-hmm. If you did sun salutation and yoga in the morning, you can check the box. And it's not an accident that the yogis were like, you know what we should do? We should have this like series of a few moves that you do in the morning to just touch all the things that humans should do. It's almost like we are really clever and we've been doing this a long time. And suddenly you're like, oh, okay, sun salutation isn't about being in some Zen state. You know, I don't believe that putting your hands together is praying. It's about getting your lats on. And like once you understand, you're like, this is genius. Holy crap. Like, oh my, these these people really are like so clever. And um, I, I think that's what's really fun is that, again, so many roads lead to road. You know, trying to sell yoga so that it's, you know, strength training, cardio training. It's, whoa, whoa, whoa. To quit it. Trying to sell CrossFit is like a down regulation. No, 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 no. This is a fitness, general physical preparedness program. Now we can, you know, let's, let's try to make all things all people, but at least we're moving the joints. The pistol is such a good thing to do, right? Pistol squat. Pistol squat, yeah. which is just squatting all the way to the ground on one foot. Try it at home or look for it on you YouTube. You don't even it's have to do a pistol. Incredible. Can you get to it? Just start on the bottom position. So mm. how about this? Do a feet together squat, mm. then kick one leg up. So all the way to the ground, like you're taking poop in the woods, mm-hmm. like you're on Survivor and you're having to stand on one of those telephone poles all day until you, someone falls off, right, into the water. Like that's all it is. But it's not an accident. The pistol becomes a, a fundamental movement piece of people like Pavel, and strong first, and that you'll see that the pistol and rolling, it's a fundamental shape to be able to absorb force if I jump down or, right, it's, hey, do I have normal range of motion in my ankles and hips? It's not about strength. It's just about being in shape so that I should be able to occupy. So if I'm a fitness enthusiast and I'm, I'm patting myself on the back, I play pickup basketball, I go to the gym, I do CrossFit, I'm, I'm finishing some 5 and 10Ks, and I discover that I can't do a squat with my feet together or I have these well, weaknesses. Then you have... Uh, an opportunity to make the system even more robust. You have an opportunity to, to pick up low-hanging fruit on the ground, mm. right? And that's really the key. And one of the reasons we want people to have a formal movement practice is that it helps us run the diagnostics on the ever-changing shapes of the human being. That if all of a sudden I'm in warrior one or warrior two and like it's harder, that tells me something. Or my mm. downward dog, wow, my my hips are really stiff today or mm. my T-spine is really stiff. I was on this airplane 
jump into downward dog and my my on the airplane right you <laughs> should my instructor's saying that my upper back is rounded and my elbows are flared and you're like wow i just my my upper back my thoracic spine is stiff and i'm missing this overhead and so what's nice is once we conjoin the diagnostic process with the adaptation stimulus stimulus for adaptation which is what training is then we're always running a diagnostic and it's okay because we're incomplete we just we live modern humans. I'm I'm going to drive home to Marin in my car, theoretically, if I can uh, get the police to let the, take the the band off. We're I'm not wearing. I don't know how we got on this this joke, but my point is maybe there's another sponsor we can have the the, the what we, bracelet sponsor. What we've got to do then is say, you know, you you're doing all of these things great. Now we can have the next conversation, right? And I think what people like to say is, you know, you know, don't be perfect. Just go out there and do it. I'm like, okay, that's great. Now we can say, hey, walking with your feet turned out like ducks for tens of thousands of steps is not going to be great for your toe. That's called bunions, right? That you're going to make a bunion. But now you're walking. Now we can have the next conversation. And so let's have the next conversation, which is okay to be human movement. There is some skill that leads to better expressions of the physiology for the next hundred years. And that is the, the hallmark, you know, because literally, you know, if your shape that you're advocating doesn't translate to better function, for me, it's just a compensation. It's a compromise. And that's okay. It's valuable. That's who you are today. That's the limits. Great. But this means don't say it's the only way because there's hidden capacity there. Well, we also want to start paying more attention to this as the decades pass. It turns out to be important. It turns out to be more and more important. And um, talk about the the, the, the elderly um, you know, we're, we're kind of reversing back to now the 40-year-old, the even the weekend warrior who can go play pickup basketball, uh, props, to, props to that performance, but has so much dysfunction and pain and suffering aftermath and uh, all, all the weaknesses all over. And then when you get to be 50, 60, my dad's 96. We basically force him to get up and walk a half a mile around the park almost every single day. Sometimes he gets out of it, uh, but also to stop and do 20 push-ups where he's standing up and pushing against the stone bench. And it's like, this it's gonna is going to be 106. Yeah. It's, it's a matter of life or death That's for right. him. It's so, it's so profound to realize that he can't miss a day at the park, but then here, you know, the, 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 uh, the, the younger folks, uh, will routinely ignore those, those basic foundations that you mentioned, like keeping your phone out of your room or walking your kid to school, making sure that if you're a parent, my gosh, I mean, we have to implement these, uh, uh, these standards. Otherwise they'll never walk anywhere theoretically. Right. Well, and why wouldn't we, I mean, we're designed not to. Right, and there's even genetic there's even genetic components to about like desire to train, desire to move. Oh, I love that. So you know we're 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 learning more and more. Um, Explain what that desire to train is. Well, you know, people, some people like you. I'm sure if you did a genetic test, which is easy now. DNAfit.com. I did. I got all my my data. I'm I'm 56 percent strength power and only 44 percent endurance. Mind blowing. Guess what? Guess who's the opposite? Yeah, I am an endurance athlete. Serious. Yeah, isn't that weird? I've been cramming my square peg into a round Kelly hole. Kelly goes about six two two twenty five. Like he looks like the linebacker, and I look like the mascot on the <laughs> sideline. Yeah. And we should switch parts, right? Like you know, says I, I really am. A, I should have been a whitewater paddler. Is that what you're saying? You should have been. Yeah. You should have been. Yeah. You shouldn't know. You should have been like a power endurance athlete, right? Yeah. So, um, I don't know what we're talking about. What are we talking about? Oh, DNA fit. So, some people have high genetic drives to move, and I know you do. Oh. 
And that is a is that measurable right? trait. Really? So To move, just basically my, move. My, yeah, genetic drive. Fidget the leg while we're sitting at our desk, my, that kind of thing. Compare me to the cohort. Mia Moore. 98th percentile for me. I'm like, let's do it. What do you want to do? Where do I go? Serious. Okay. So when I, when I, my body's tired and I don't feel like I want to exercise, guess what? I take the day off now. Because that genetic drive to move is not there. Otherwise, like, I'm thinking about, what am I training? Where am I going? What are I doing? Like, I can't recover like my friends. That's my ding on my Uh genetics. But Uh I am, like, into it. My daughter, Georgia, oldest daughter, 20th percentile. She's like, let's bake, Dad. Let's let's read the book. Let's hang out. You know, let's, let's do something else. And I literally have to prod her like let's go like she has the best genetics in the family in terms of machinery and engines but just doesn't have the drive to get there so we have been read david epstein's book the sports gene fantastic and you'll see that he even talks and points to the mouse studies that show you know when we give our best movers ritalin they don't want to move right so what we need to do again is create these environments and understand that people it's it's different for people so you know, the, the short story is we have to, you know, give my kid the, the boot up the chair. And then once she's going, she learns it because it's not optional. It's not, you know, you, you're not special. You, the, the fundamental principles, you know, tools change, amounts change, volumes change, but not principles change. You have to, you have to move more. So one of the way, things that we do for Georgia, Georgia rides her bike to school every day. You know, it's about a 27-minute ride home from school to my gra- her grandmother's house after school sometimes. And I'm like, dude, my daughter got over an hour of biking nice. in today. And that's just... By default. No, default. no motivation have necessary. To think about it. That's right. right. And she likes it because she has more freedom and she can move around and come and go what she wants. She's not going to on the bus, right? All of those things. So, again, when we, when we begin to consider those things, we'll do better. And what we have to do now, I, I think, is the, the thing that's missing is this sensory motor input. If you look at the big problems, all our tech devices, highly addictive. That serotonin kick, it's just addictive. And it's not good or bad. It just Mm. works on our brain. And we know everyone knows it's addictive. Like all the big kids know and and Fortnite and all of the games, we know. Like people are using it against us. Never heard of it. Right. (laughs) And then you – all of a sudden, you're like, wow, sugar, super addictive, right? It's addictive. Alcohol, like alcohol sugars. I mean, it's hard. People are like, wow, I gained five pounds after drinking. I'm like, well, what did you substitute that sugar with? They're like, I ate seven bananas. So <laughs> now when we look at opiates, you're like, wow, these things are super addictive. But a lot of times when we're talking about chronic pain, it's about sensory input. And we're just not getting enough input into the system. And so what we're, I think our bodies are craving is input. And when we begin to look at it in those terms, from first and foremost, I'm like, look, I understand stress, sleep, all of these things are difficult and seemingly complex and interrelated. So let's control what we can control today. You know, take your shoes off, walk around barefoot, get a little more walking. Let's, let's begin somewhere, and then we'll, we have enough time. This, it's not an emergency today. Tomorrow we'll get a little bit better. Baby steps. Love it. Dr. Kelly Starrett, thanks for... Thanks for getting into it. My I pleasure. Love that. Did you bring a, Did you bring me a tub of cashew butter? I think oh, if, right. I the seven think... pound tubs. Did you walk away with one of those at Primal Con? <laughs> no, it was like a hundred thousand oh, yeah. dollars and it was yeah, chained yeah. to like a person, <laughs> like a, like the the nuclear football. We, we totally would have hooked you up. Oh yeah. my gosh! Yeah, I get the coconut butter because it's so rare to find. I mean, like a, a little tiny eight ounce jar at Whole Foods is like eleven ninety five. So I go straight and I get the eight pound tub. It lasts for a long time. <laughs> 
<laughs> but not as long I, as you would think. I love that the rock cacao in the coconut oh, butter. Yeah. A spoonful of that. Yeah. Swall- What's it called? Bliss something? You oh, can find it's, it. It's so That's, good. Now we're talking sponsors. I, yeah. Dude, those people, my coat is shiny. It's so delicious. It's just so delicious. We found this thing in Hawaii, last thing, last sponsor. It's fresh coconut and peanut butter. And look, I know it's peanuts are dangerous. No, they they got the thumbs up now. Rob Wolf, Mark Sisson, these guys are saying, yeah, we kind of overdid it on legumes for 10 years and, you know, overdid the warnings against it. It's like, yeah, it's all right. Go ahead, eat it. Unless you're allergic. (laughs) I'm like, oh, okay. Thanks. Well, that's good because I really like peanut butter. Peanut butter sales are going up. (laughs) Oh, I used to have one in my uh, locker. At high school, peanut a butter. jar of peanut butter, and I, in between classes, I <laughs> really? grab that stuff. That's yeah, genius. I was, just, I was just telling my my girlfriend last night. She goes, "You were a little guy in high school. When did you grow?" Because I, I would tell these stories like I was five five at the start Starving. of eleventh grade, and then from eleventh grade, whatever, I had like a nine month period where I sprouted up in my height. But I was eating all the time, and I'd finish my lunch before lunch, and then walk home and have more lunch, and just constant food going into the body and running and doing all that and growing and crazy stuff do you remember weight gainer 900 oh sure yeah yeah the the, first i didn't use it but i remember the the intimidating figure on the label and the whole thing it's a clear jug giant jug i had a girlfriend in high school who was captain of the swim team but always managing her diet and i'm sure she would have done better if she'd actually eaten food and fat but she Mm. was like spiritine and grapes after swimming ten thousand. it was just like it was bad and but she lived vicariously through me who could not gain weight and she would make me like a milkshake at night you know, we'd be ha- hanging out, and she'd be like, "It's time for the milkshake," and she would make me a milkshake with a Snickers and weight gainer. Oh, a Snickers thrown into the blender. Thrown into the blender. Oh my god! And, and I'd be like, "Wow, I feel I have bad zits, and I have back knee, and I feel puffy and sleepy." But man, I can't get away. Thank you. <laughs> wow. Okay, so don't try that at home. But peanut butter and the I'm, I'm glad to know that peanut butter maybe has come off the list. You know, it's one of those things where people are like, "Oh, legumes," and you know what? What's um uh, that book about? Uh, being allergic to everything, you know, it's the lectins, right? Uh, uh-huh. You know what I'm talking about. Well, I, uh-huh. what, I can't remember. But uh, I'm always like, hey, let's talk about beans next. <laughs> but, for, but let's do first things first because I think you're a little too obsessed about beans. Meanwhile, you haven't moved at all. You didn't drink any water. You don't sleep. And you're drinking three gallons of wine a night. And you think it's the beans. So, you know, first things first. Taking baby steps. I love it. And it's okay. Your, your, your soft, gentle approach now, man. I love <laughs> Dude, it. I know. Yeah. Literally, like, he pinned me down, like, Kelly, what is the most important life? I'm like, I don't know, sleep. <laughs> go for, for a walk. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know? That's big. Then, then, we can, then we can deadlift. All right. People diving deep into this world and then backing back out and going, hey, you know what? It's all right. Do better next time. Keep your phones out of your room. Turn the lights off. It's a long game. Yeah. Long game, baby. Long game. And, and here's the deal you can feel better. You know, I, I just, mm. uh, you know, I think everything's an experiment. Put it in, put it out. Put it in, put it out. You know, control what you can control. Um, do you remember Matt Lalonde? Sure. Um, I had Matt look at my one of my first blood panels, and he was like, Kelly. He's a prominent author in the evolutionary health scene, scientist. Yeah. 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 And uh, I was like, Matt, can you look at my blood panel scores? You know, and he was like, Kelly, when you travel, you cannot drink red wine or eat cookies. Mm. When you like, travel. Yeah, and, and I was like, you know, Matt, you don't know me. You know, like, how dare you? Like, that's, you don't know me. But it turns out he was right. Like, I was insulin insensitive, destroyed, stressed. So that's how I look at alcohol. Well, if I'm not stressed, have a glass of wine. If you're worried about it, if you're a stressed animal, don't add another stressor to it, mm. right? And when I, the sugar is the same thing, man. When I'm not stressed, I'll have some dessert. When I am stressed, 
I do not eat dessert. Mm-hmm. And I think about, because I'm a human being and cake is a miracle. It's proof of God's love. It really is. Cake, cookies, huh? cookies and cake. Cake by the ocean. <laughs> um, yeah. But I think he, he was on, you know, this is 15 years ago, literally, or 13 years ago. And he's, you know, early on, he was just saying, hey, look, I see that when you're stressed, your physiology doesn't allow you to handle those two things. So look at them in that way. And I think that's, that's really what, control what we control today. And, don't, and tomorrow's a brand new clean sheet. So by traveling, he's implying that the travel itself is highly stressful, gives a cortisol response. So you're in kind of this fight or flight when you're traveling. Just That's when you deprived. need to clean up your diet. That's right. Just sleep deprived. Uh, who was just talking about the jet travel and the EMF exposure? Oh, Mark yeah. was doing a podcast with um, uh, Joe Mercola, who's a big on the EMF scares and dangers. And he said the way to protect yourself from the radiation in the jet cabin is don't eat anything. So use that as an opportunity to fast because the stress of jet travel is so much, at least in a fasted state, you can battle back because your cellular repair is increased and your antioxidant defenses and all that from not eating. Tripping out. It's amazing. That that guy's brain, you know, I love, he's like, yeah, you got to get away from the LED. And and he's like, I don't think you can take the vitamin D. You just got to get yourself. I'm like, you live in Florida now. He's like, yep. And I was like, note to self. No, I got to move to Florida. (laughs) Note to self. (laughs) Note to self. All right. And, uh, you know, it's interesting that maybe all these things, you know, aggregate because being in a fasted state helps your chronobiology. You can reset time zones faster if you're fasted. Sure. Oh, that's I, I definitely favor that because I, I'm I get jet lag traveling from Sacramento to Burbank. Yeah. I, I notice that, so I have to <laughs> sleep on the flight. Uh, but when you're when you're traveling, and especially as an athlete, like we would we would go to the races and ride, 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 and put all the miles in because we knew we were flying. We weren't going to be able to bike or train for a couple of days. And then finally, Andrew McNaughton figured out he would taper for the jet flight. So he would he would slow down his training before the travel because it was so stressful, especially going to Europe or whatever. Yeah. But it's like to identify that travel as that highly stressful event in your life, and then recalibrate accordingly. That's when you're evolu- you know, evolving to the higher level of so training. You just nailed out, and that is if we're a little bit more conscious and self aware. How did I feel today? Well, I did not have a single bowel movement that was solid. I wonder if that's... Is that okay? Does that correlate to my 17 cups of coffee in this Costco muffin? Hmm. Right? There's enough information. He realized that when he tapered, he felt better and arrived, and it was about output and capacity. So let's make it about that. Mm. You know, you wake up in the morning, and you're like, ah, let's go, and your desire to train is, and you're lucid. You know, I think that's really where we got to get back. And sometimes, man, I want to watch Netflix, but it's 9.30. I need to be in bed. Oh, uh. You know, you just got to turn off. Right. You just got to say, nope. What I do is I put a list on my on my notes function of stuff I'm supposed to watch. And it's so long because yeah. every time I look at it, it's too late and I'm going to go to sleep instead. So Amazing. Dude, you know, what's, what's so fun is that I have so many great friends who are working. We're all going to meet in the middle. Mm. We need so many diverse voices talking to so many different people. You know, I... You, you guys curate friendships with competitors. I curate, you know, like we all need to be working towards the middle because mm-hmm. we're not catching everyone. And if this mm-hmm. is ultimately about improving the human condition, not just the elite few, then we've got to all do a better job of simplifying it, mm-hmm. working. And, you know, I'm going to go tonight, I leave, and I'm going to go um, coach a 5K run group for our school's, you know, fundraise. We have a little fun 5K and I teach breathing and mechanics and like people look at me like I'm a space alien, you know, and I'm like, here we go. So, you know, you just got to just keep doing it. Keep working, keep sharing, keep talking and feel a little bit better. 
and you, you'll be surprised at how much more you can actually get done at work and how much you know you can in less time <laughs> that's you're focused right. efficient energized yeah and you'll sleep better and i think i think that's really the goal for me i'm like hey look i want to make a bunch of decisions during the week so in the weekend i'm not wiped out i'm ready to go mm. you know? love it weekend warrior well th- you guys i mean you uh you've been you've been holding this door open for us for so long and it's so appreciative it really is kelly starrett get over yourself we got our we got our assignment now listeners go out and do it have a great weekend whenever the weekend comes Oh my, I get to talk about my almost heaven sauna. This has been a life-changing acquisition that gives me easy and constant access to one of the most health-boosting therapeutic treatments imaginable, the sauna. Yes, of course, it's been a cultural tradition in Scandinavia and other cold-weather countries for hundreds of years. Maybe it's your favorite part of your health club visit or your ski trip vacation resort. But what about if you had a personal sauna in your own own home in your garage or your backyard check out almostheaven.com they make these super attractive barrel shaped saunas made of thick solid wood none of this fake stuff it's super easy to assemble they ship it in a kit to your door you watch the video you put it together get an electrician to wire it and you're good to go turn the timer on and 30 minutes later you are in the hot hot dry up to 180 degrees fahrenheit and that is the magic zone to get the vaunted health benefits of sauna exposure. You may have heard of these highly lauded heat shock proteins. They deliver profound benefits at the cellular level to boost immune function, cognitive function, cardiovascular function, improve muscular response to exercise and recovery from intense exercise, and of course longevity. Go to foundmyfitness.com Rhonda Patrick and download her report for the extreme scientific details of how beneficial sauna is. I have this classic outdoor pinnacle model. It's six foot by six foot, fits four adults sitting comfortably or two adults reclining and instantly going into napping mode. I know, man, when you get in there, no matter what kind of day you had or what mood you're in, you will instantly feel chill. And this is called a hormetic stressor, a positive natural stressor that creates an adaptive response. So with regular sauna use, you become more resilient to all forms of stress that you experience in daily life. Same with my cold plunge into the cold freezer. It delivers these similar health and hormonal benefits that will make it an absolutely essential part of a relaxing, stress-balanced day. Please go check them out. It will change your life. And you can get these beautiful 6x6 or a larger model or even smaller for a surprisingly affordable price due to the direct relationship. You order it on almostheaven.com. They ship it to your door. I can't say enough about it. I'm so excited. This sounds like a commercial. Okay, it is a commercial. But let me tell you, beyond the health benefits... This is a social centerpiece. It's a place to relax and chill and splash the water on the rocks and get a burst of steam. So go pay a quick visit to almostheaven.com. Warning, you're going to be tempted.
Hi, it's Brad to talk about ancestral supplements. Question for you, how's it going with the critically important health objective of consuming some of the most nutrient-dense foods on the planet, namely bone marrow, collagen, and nose-to-tail organ meats like liver, heart, kidney, and more? Yeah, how's it going? Pretty poorly? How did I guess? I have to admit the same. I'm sorry, folks. I've known for a long time since Dr. Kate Shanahan and her wonderful book, Deep Nutrition, emphasized that this is a sorely missing element of the modern diet, but a huge part of the ancestral diet that made humans the healthy creatures that they are today. And now we have a fantastic and convenient solution from Ancestral Supplements because they make New Zealand-sourced bone, marrow, and nose-to-tail organ meats, liver, heart, kidney, pancreas, spleen, and more, delivered in simple, convenient gelatin capsules. Oh my gosh, I love this product, and I love what this company's all about. Go on their website, AncestralSupplements.com, read one of the most impactful and inspiring mission statements you'll ever see from a company. Listen to how they describe their product. Traditional peoples, Native Americans, and early ancestral healers believe that eating the organs from a healthy animal would strengthen and support the health of the corresponding organ in the individual. The traditional way of treating a person with a weak heart was to feed the person the heart of a healthy animal. Sound hokey to you? I'm sorry, but this is extremely well supported with scientific evidence confirming that these are the foods that our DNA evolved with and are sorely missing from the modern food supply. That's why Ancestral Supplement says that they're putting back in what the modern world has left out to return people back to strength, health, and happiness. And hey, if you're a clean living in person that kind of doesn't like the idea of popping a bunch of synthetic vitamins in the name of health, going over to GNC and buying 12 bottles. This is an entirely different story. This is real food packaged conveniently so that you don't have to worry about your liver making skills or how to best cook a kidney. <laughs> Just swallow the pills, man. I throw them in my smoothie every morning. So I'm taking about four or five capsules of the various ancestral supplement products. I'm throwing down the beef organs, the beef liver, the bone marrow. There's so many other ones on their absolutely fabulous and educational website. Thanks for trying it. Ancestralsupplements.com. You will love it.